Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Protect it from both the outside and inside of your organization. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the episode, and please don't forget to subscribe and follow. Let's begin. Welcome, everyone, to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow. Co-host Mark Mosher is in the roving mobile studios, probably somewhere on a golf course in the great state of Kentucky, but he will be joining us shortly. In the studio today, we have some excellent, excellent guests. Personal friend of mine, Eric Jacobs, and former co-worker, great creative director and brand connoisseur, brand creator, and Chris Chance, who is based in Atlanta. And uh, I, let's just start. Welcome, gentlemen, both. All right, thank you for having us. Thanks, Dave. Great to see you again. Yeah, well, we're very excited to see each other. I like it. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning. Um, Eric, I, I know your history. But let's hear about Chris's, and then you and I can kind of reminisce, catch up. So, okay. Chris, Great. Chris, tell, tell us kind of who you are, what it is that, that you do. Well, um, I'm Chris Chance, and I am a copywriter by trade. I've uh, okay. been in the ad game, well, a little more than 20 years, probably about 25 years or so. Um, kind of bounced around the East Coast, everywhere from Florida to uh, New York and Connecticut and Ohio and stuff. So, um yeah, I uh, worked on some of the largest brands in the world, Coca-Cola's, Frito-Lay's, Pepsi's of the world, as well as tons of smaller, more regional accounts. Um, Eric and I actually uh, worked together in Cleveland, Ohio, which is how we met. And um, you know, after a few years, we decided we were going to start our agency. But that's me in a nutshell. That's fantastic. And your agency now is called Test Pilot? Test Pilot Creative, correct. Yep. So what all do you guys do? We are a full service agency, actually. So um, we'll do everything from uh, digital or broadcast. Uh, we'll do print. Um, we'll even print on a tennis ball if we need to. Uh, really, the idea is Very wherever true. the audience is consuming information is where we need to be. Uh, but our primary focus is on the brand itself, what the brand means, how it resonates with the target audience, and uh, how we can actually make that brand propel itself. That's excellent. So Eric... Obviously, you and I, uh, you know, like Chris and I were talking before you even joined that it seems like everybody's had a tour through Ohio, right? We've all kind of spent some part of our life through yeah. Cleveland, through Columbus, you know, and we kind of migrated. I've migrated from Chicago over there, and now I'm down in the Indianapolis area. And uh, it's a wonderful part of the country. It's like a swing state whenever there's politics involved. It's always very cool state. It's part East Coast, part Midwest, 
isn't it? Like, absolutely mm-hmm. love right. the state of Ohio. So tell us about yourself, Eric. Um, I obviously know a great deal about you. I think the world of you. Um, I've used you in so many case studies and given you credit for so many things, dealing with Simon Sinek and Shave Club, like all these things that you kind of turned me on to when uh, you and I worked together that you may not have even been aware of, but you've been brought up in hundreds and hundreds of meetings throughout my post uh, epiphany management group career. So congratulations for that and thank you. Oh, thanks Dave, really appreciate that. Pretty humbled uh, by that. Um, So I'm Eric Jacobs, I'm the other half of Test Pilot Creative. Uh, Chris mentioned that he and I met about 11, 12 years ago, Uh, really hit it off, Uh, fell in love with what the brand means and means to others. And we just felt that we could uh, really accentuate that and focus on uh, brand experience, uh, making sure that people understand um, and elevate the brand experience. Um, I have background in uh, ideation, concepting, illustration uh, with you, um, interactive, digital, um, running agencies, running departments. Um, but when it all boils down uh, to the nut, it's for us, for Chris and I, it's really about the brand and making sure that uh, the brand comes to life. Um, because at the end of the day, everything else that falls into place, the digital, the SEO, the websites, those are tactics that will support um, the brand and um, the idea and the equity that will be created through that. So, Exactly. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it sure does. And, and, and I mean, you really, you, you really taught me a lot about branding too because, you know, I would go to, I mean, back then we were with a company that focused on the education market. And so we would go to like colleges and we would – talk to people about, you know, well, how do we help you brand yourself and stuff? And you came up with these ideas about like, well, rather than just do like a virtual tour of the campus, why don't we make it interactive? And you guys had created this thing where like they would talk based on somebody's interests and someone's likes and someone's major and whether they were an athlete or whether they were whether they wanted Greek life, whether they wanted to live on campus or off campus. They would click on these things and based on their answers to those questions, they would hear from a student that was just like them at that school. And they would talk to them about that school. I mean, that was brilliant. Like that was like... That was leveraging advances in technology way ahead of its time because that was like 2008, 2009, 2010 before that was being used. That was like pre-Facebook days, right? Like that was really, really revolutionary. I was so impressed with that. Yeah, that was that was definitely a team effort. And, you know, the nice thing about uh, Chris and I is that um, we realized that ideas – concepts, everything that kind of, uh, whatever it takes to make a brand really comes from thinking and talking and working through things. And um, what you're talking about is Campus Tour Platform. Yeah, right? Campus Tour Platform. I forgot the uh, name. That was, I didn't yeah, that, was, that was a great, uh, that was a great project. That was a great solution because we basically took a, and I forget what they're called because I haven't been in college in 20 years, but the book that you would choose your classes, what, right. what is that called? The syllabus, no the so curriculum, whatever. Yeah, the yeah. When when a user was looking at that, what we decided to do was to be able to turn that into a virtual platform where, right? If I'm you know if I'm Matt Blank, you know, 
so-and-so and I'm choosing a class, I can go to this virtual tour. You're right, fill out some information, some personal information about myself, likes, dislikes, where I want to be, and a tour would pop up uh, that was... From a um, student that had like the same thing. Like it was correct. a real student yeah. who had chosen that school for that reason. Like it was yeah. really, it was, it resonated. You know what I mean? Like it, it really connected. I think you that's, that's bring up a really cool good about. point. Yeah, you bring up a really good point, a really good word. Yeah, word resonate. Is it is. Um, that's, what it, that's, what, that's what effective branding is about, isn't it? That's right. That's right. And one of the sayings that Chris and I use, uh, we affect the heart to move the mind. Um, yes. We resonate. We make sure the brand resonates with. Um, well, it's very Simon Sinek, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Because I'm a huge, huge Simon Sinek, Brene Brown, Seth Godin follower and reader, avid reader about it. But when you think about it, like, especially in IT, because right now we're in tech, I'm in technology, and we talk, we get lost. My engineers are terrible salespeople because they're so into features and benefits and gigabits and all of that. And I'm like, that doesn't drive behavior. Like that will not make, that nobody will buy from that, right? It's a, it, the part of the brain that makes decisions, that drives behavior is something that has, to, you have to resonate. You have to speak to the part of a brain that doesn't have a capacity for language and that feels trust. And so how do you resonate and connect with that? You know, you bring up a good point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a few things, and I'm going to have Chris uh, uh, start talking about this because he's really good at understanding what this is. But um, one, of the, one of the challenges that we are constantly running into with a brand is more times than not, um, the, the, there's nothing tangible when we talk about the essence of a brand. It's a feeling. Right. It's something you believe in. Like you said, it's something that you trust. And it's not a widget. It's not something you can hold sometimes. It's, it's not, not shiny. It's not something shiny now. that you can Correct. demonstrate for somebody. Right. It's, it's, it's a belief. It's, um, it's uh, goosebumps on the back of the neck, if you yep. will. Chris, you're really good at talking about this from a brand perspective. I'm going to let you... Um, one of the biggest things that we try and do with the brand is, you know, first we have to dive in and understand what it is. And we need to understand what the target audience um, wants, needs, has, all that stuff. And what we're trying to do is try, try and get the symmetry between those things. How does this brand complete the life of the target audience? Right. right? And then once they experience that brand, they realize, oh, how did I ever live without it? Right. And then that starts to build momentum. Then they tell their friends and they tell their friends and, you know, the snowball effect kind of happens. But in order for this to happen, to start, we truly have to understand what the needs are, what the wants are, what the desires are, you know, the pain and pressure points and then squeeze the hell out of them and, and make them make them want this. And really right. what this, we talk about this, you know, affect the heart to move the mind. I mean, if you can have somebody feel for a brand, you own the headspace. That's and, exactly and, the, and, the, right. and the purchase decision is simple from there. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Mark and I are really excited about an upcoming episode you will not want to miss. The legendary leaders of the Wrigley Media Group. Yep, those Wrigleys. 
David Bertram and David Cottingham join us in a discussion of their legendary Wrigley brand, which dates back to the 1800s. They are truly a poster child for the longevity of a strong and powerful positive brand. They explain how the leadership team of Wrigley Media Group now includes an Emmy award-winning producer, an Emmy-nominated writer, a former film animator with credits like Spider-Man 3 and the Lord of the Rings trilogy, a producer who's worked with DreamWorks, Walt Disney Pictures, and HGTV's Fixer Upper. Their group has set its vision on growth and bringing Hollywood to the Midwest namely Lexington, Kentucky. They are surely soon to be a challenger against big names like Turner Broadcasting and Warner Brothers. David and David explain the group is in its 20th year overall, and at its helm is Miss D. Wrigley Miller. She's the granddaughter of Philip Wrigley, the longtime owner of the Chicago Cubs, and the former CEO of the Wrigley Corporation, owner of Wrigley Field and Wrigley Gum. Come listen, and they are so engaging. The credits that this group has include hit primetime productions on Travel Channel, DIY Network, HGTV, and Food Network. Their team has worked on hit shows including Man vs. Food, Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations, Expedition Unknown, and more. When we evaluate the epic brand Wrigley Media Group. And uh, before we even dig deeper, let me welcome into the studio my counterpart, Mark Mosher. Mark, Thank welcome. You Thank you. Hey, Mark, how are you nice doing? Nice to see you guys. Hey, Mark. So, Mark, Eric Jacobs and I worked together at my old company. Eric was one of the first. He was the creative director, and he was one of the great minds behind a lot of the service offerings and the brand and the creativity. Kind of like at our company, Mark, think of the head of our app dev team. Think right. of the creative people, right? Not the coders, right? But the guys that led and directed all of them for our solutions. And someone that would that would go to a meeting and listen to a client and then would say, let's develop this. And he would go back to the team and whiteboard it. And then they would go in and code it and create it. Right. It was yep. really cool. Like that was Eric. And now he's teamed up with Chris, who also made a jaunt in his life through Ohio where Eric captures people apparently and like indoctrinates them. And, and then now we're the brand. Yes, exactly. Drink the Kool-Aid. The, the, drink the Steve Jobs Kool-Aid of brand. Yep. So, like well, Eric, and let, let me ask you this. So Mark is a uh, cybersecurity expert. He works with me. And, uh, but he and I absolutely love this podcast and we love talking with business leaders and we love talking about brands. So we're, we're talking now, Mark, about, you know, brands and the, how, how connecting to the heart moves the mind, right? Because you and I have that discussion all the time, right? Yeah. We do yeah. not want to talk about features and benefits and, oh, our service will, will respond faster than the other service and we'll do 24-7 and they'll just do business hours and blah, 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 blah. Nobody cares. Like, it's, we're, we're talking to a different part of the brain, the mind, right? We, we want to get them excited about working with us. We want them to trust us. One approach that we've done, Eric and Chris, is we'll do cybersecurity awareness training sessions, lunch and learns for people. That's not a sales pitch in any way. We will go in, we've done them with local field agents of the FBI, Department of Homeland Security. We will go in and we will just train their team. 
and walk away. And walk away. Not yeah. make a pitch at all. And then they're calling us saying, holy cow, my CIO left, my guys left, or we had a data breach or what had happened. You guys knew what you were talking about and you didn't try and sell us anything. It's like, that's the whole point, right? Now you've got them where you want them because now they trust you and it's not a dirty thing. It's absolute legitimacy because we do that for a hundred people and 80% of them never call us, right? But the 20% that call us genuinely want to do business with us. I had a conversation yesterday with the CFO of a investment firm and they were wanting us to do the cybersecurity training. He said, you understand to take take all of my field personnel, my, all of my agents, all of these individuals out of pocket for an hour. He said is, is very costly to my organization. Could you tell me a little bit more about what you do? So I go through the list. I even shared some of the slides and I, I shared with them really the purpose and the vision of which we do it by. And by the time I got to the end and I told him some of the next steps that we do to follow up and the impact it has, he, he just went on a Zoom and he leaned into the camera. He said, so at what point do you sell something and make money? I said, I don't. I said, that's, that's the, labor, the labor of love of a consultant. I said, I'm here to, to try and give you ways and thoughts and ideas on which to improve your organization. And when that time comes that you need something, that you'll look to me. He said, I'm taking all my people out of pocket and I want you to come train them in the next two weeks. I thought, well, that's okay, that's, yeah. And I that's, felt really that's good. That's what it's all about. Because <laughs> if you give value and, you, and you, you give of yourself and you're going to dedicate an entire day to somebody and the odds are eight to 10, four out of five times, we're not going to get any business out of it. So it's our loss, but we're doing it and we're genuinely helping them. And honestly, we're still helping Americans because we're keeping them from getting breached. So yeah. that's a big thing. And so that's you know, a public service, right? So we're doing that and then fine, right? If we get business, yeah. we get business. If we don't, we've at least spent our day where I can go to bed at night knowing I did something. Uh, yeah, right. I sleep well at night. Yeah, I did something right. <laughs> you know, I really like that story because um, specifically with brands, I feel like uh, uh, the, the public, people who consume brands, we have been conditioned to uh, really fine tune our bullshit meters, and we are mm-hmm. all ready to like. I'm I'm ready for my bullshit meter to go off because yeah, someone is going to say something, do something, show me something where I'm just like, oh, there it is. Yep, I'm calling Right, I'm calling bullshit. Right. That's why I'm not gonna. That's why I'm not gonna believe you. That's why I'm not gonna buy this. That's why I'm still hunting for that perfect shoe or you know. Yep. The, the, service or whatever that is is because we have been programs uh, for so long for so many years that yeah it's about the sale we want we want to sell 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 it's no longer about helping and we've learned through uh experience that you know the best way to build trust is to uh be helpful uh as george would say george thomas is a good friend of ours be helpful uh be humble be human um, and, you know, and, and that's how that's how you can build brands. That's how you can build trust. That's how you can um, get people yep. to believe. You. Yep, that's exactly right. And when no, we think I about, think, I, I think that comes like as an extension of of culture, really, mm-hmm. that you you operate in that zone and in that that manner because you're part of a culture that thinks like that, that operates. Because if you were just one individual that that operated in uh, trading of trust. 
then if, if you're working for a cutthroat commodity sales type organization, you're probably not going to carry that, that, you know, type of thought much longer. That's why David and I, we have kind of this fundamental foundational belief that if you, if you bring in the right people and you got them in the right seat and they're doing things for the right reason, that it creates a culture, a positive culture that actually grows a business just because of the culture. And I think, and, and Dave and I are fortunate to be a part of that. And it sounds like you guys have that same type uh, setting as well. And it's just, it's, it's, we're a big believer in that. Would you guys feel that that's good, right, wrong, or otherwise? No, it's not, so it's, it's right on, right on money, actually. Um, we, um, you know, you know, we kind of have the no asshole policy kind of thing. You know, yeah. we, 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 we believe in, in doing great work with brands and people we like. Yeah. So we approach everything. We don't work for anybody. And nobody works for us. We right. work with. It's all with. Right. All exactly. With. And, yeah. and all that has to come from a place of authenticity. You yeah. know, you, you can't fake your way through that. Either you're there or you're not. And right. those that are not and pretend they are, uh, you know, the BS. Over time, over here, time, so. look, the bullshit runs out. Like, uh, over yeah. time, the, the, yeah. the, the asshole, like, the, the people who are douchebags are going to be outed. Right, like we, we we know who they are. Right? right, we work for a large corporation. There's a whole group of people. Like I just look at the <laughs> attendee list, and I'm like, am I going to like this meeting or not? And I'm like, okay, two guys. There's two guys there. Oh my gosh, I hope they don't show up. And then I just attend that meeting, and I'm just like holding my, you know, because you just know, because you just know they're gonna they're gonna twist things, or they're gonna just talk about themselves, or it's about them, or whatever. Right? But the point is, is Every brand has them. Every culture has them. But, but the best cultures have as few as possible. Yeah. And uh, when Eric and I worked together, we studied, um, or we worked with a group that studied a lot of Jim Collins and BHAGs, right? Big, hairy, audacious goals. So Eric and Chris have a full-service brand agency called Test Pilot. And I love that name. So first I want to ask you guys, how would you come up with the name? And how do our listeners find you guys? And then kind of what's your why? What's your why? What's your person? What's your purpose or mission or, you know, not what it says on the website. Like, what are you guys about? Well, so the name test pilot, you know, to the first question, um, really kind of comes from um, the idea that in any, any fleet, the absolute best pilots are going to be your test pilots. Absolutely. And their job is to take a plane up, run it through its paces. I mean, try and break the thing, right? And take it all the way to its limit, land it, suggest modifications, how to make it better, faster, go higher, whatever it is, and then take it back up. They're perpetually pushing the envelope, perpetually making that plane better than what the engineers ever believed it would be. Exactly. Mark Mosher is my test pilot. That's what we it's do with true. He's the, he's the absolute best when we have a because we get a new solution every couple of weeks, right? And I'm like, take it to market, take it to market. Tell me what the clients are saying. And he's like, oh, dude, people were yelling at me about this. Like people hated this idea. I'm <laughs> like, thank you. I'm like, thank you, duly noted. Or like people <laughs> love this. And I'm like, okay, we want more of that. Like that's how, that's that's brilliant. So keep, keep, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Chris. No, no worries. Um, and that, that was pretty much, you know, kind of how the name came about. Um, you know, it's it kind of a fun way to, 
to, to, to name a company that, that really spoke to the essence of what we believe and oh, yeah. what, how, what and the power that we feel that a brand has. That's great. Yeah. That's excellent. So um, what's, your, what's your why? What's your purpose? Uh, this is a this is a this is a great question, Chris. Feel free, I'll chime in. All right. Well, the, the biggest purpose that we have is is really to 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 help brands achieve heights they really never believed achievable. Um, and heights that, though, is a pun on the phrase test pilot. A, like a little that. bit, a little bit. I like yeah. that. I like that. Achieve heights. I like that. Actually. A little bit. Yeah. It's actually and, very artistic. I like that. And what we're trying to do here is is not make a brand something that it's not. Again, it comes from that 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 place of authenticity. And we we see this in advertising all the time, where somebody's trying to make a company into something it's just not. You know, if if you're a discount retailer, be a discount retailer. Don't try to be a Louis Vuitton. It's just not going to work right. for you, right? So yeah. you have to come from that place of authenticity, but you can still push that envelope. You can be. A sensational low-cost low dis, discount retailer like a Walmart, for instance, right? But right. they branded themselves around that. They owned it, right? Yep. Yep. Kmart didn't. They tried right. to be something they weren't, and they died. Walmart adapted. Right. Kmart didn't. Exactly. Exactly. I don't, I don't, when I need, right, when I need to order just sweat socks or some, just some workout shirts, right? Like just, just whatever, something generic. I can get on Walmart's site and do it and have it delivered to my house. Can't do that at Kmart. I never could exactly. do it, right? right? Or not in any seamless way, right? They right. didn't adapt. That's exactly right. I mean, and you know, there's examples all over the place. I mean, you know, Circuit City to Best Buy, you know, yep. same thing. Exactly. You know, so, so you see this all the time. So we, we've seen these brands. And Circuit um, City was awesome. Yeah. The store was awesome. Yeah, it was I mean, fun. I hope my wife isn't listening to this but like one of our first dates we went to circuit city and walked around like circuit city was a, it was a cool store it was yeah. way better than best buy and best buy is like my adult toy store like right like best buy but yet circuit city didn't adapt and and best buy did exactly exactly so um so when it comes down to the why for us really it is kind of helping that brand find their their true north their true self and, and, and push and push it a little bit further. Yeah, that's yes. excellent. That's I'm, gonna, I'm gonna follow up really quick and then we can move on. But uh, I totally agree with Chris because um, at the end of the day, there is so much power in a brand. Um, whereas we feel that, you know, some of the smaller brands out there um, maybe don't realize and we're here to help them seek and find that power and just use it to their advantage. That's excellent. That's fantastic. All right. So I think it's time that we play a little brand culture trivia. No, no. And I think it is time. So let's play the intro right now. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. 
Absolutely. The rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want. And the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. What is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless. But we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. Okay, and we're back. So, um, gentlemen, obviously there's a lot on the line. 16,864 Brandology bucks. Not a laughing matter. So um, what we're going to do, because you guys are brand guys, we're going to do... I'm really not going to do slogans. (laughs) We're going to do company slogans. And then you guys will tell us the brand or product name. Okay, for example, like, just do it, Nike, right? Got Milk, California Milk Processor Board, right? You see the... Right, breakfast of champions, Wheaties. Okay, those are just examples. So let me think here. Let me find some because you guys know what you're doing. So let me find some. We say we do. <laughs> yeah, you say you do. Hey, I'm, I'm a paper tiger. Right? I'm a paper tiger. <laughs> well, I was going to do. I've done this one on past episodes. We're not. This is not a question, but I've done shave time, shave money. But I can't do that because I think Eric is the one who showed me the Dollar Shave Club video when it first came out. So you can't, I can't use that one because he knows that one because he's the one that showed me that one. So I can't use that. But let me show, let me use a different one. I think I've got, I've got some good ones that are pretty hard actually. We've stumped some people. So, okay. All right. Check this one out, boys. I bet you guys don't know this. All for freedom, freedom for all. Wow. Oh, yeah. I know. And when you hear the answer, you're going to be like, seriously. I feel like it's got to be either a bank or some sort of insurance company. That's what everybody says. Yeah, it it almost feels telecommunications as well. I'm going to give you a hint. It's a mode of transportation. All for freedom, freedom for all. BMW. No. Bird. Uh, uh, Bird uh, scooters. Nope. Good yeah. Vespa. Vespa. That's what I was thinking. Nope. Um, Honda. Honda motorcycles. Nope. Good guess. Harley Davidson. Yamaha. Yes. Who guessed it? Who guessed it? Harley Davidson. <laughs> Eric right. got it. All right. Good guess. Should have guessed that. No, I, I should have. I didn't even should've know that it. was their. I didn't even know that was their slogan. Until my my logistics team here that has worked on this podcast, the forty five staff that I have back in the back quarters there. Um, hang on, I'm using my wrong virtual. Hang on, I'll show you. Here. These guys, all the guys back here, <laughs> right? All these guys that are working back here, they were the ones that give me all of these, uh, these these answers here. Let me go back to my studio. There we go. All right, I had to step <laughs> over. That, that's the overhead you guys got. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of overhead. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a lot of overhead. low over. That's why Mark has to work a weekend. That's why I work two jobs for him. <laughs> that's why we... That's exactly right. Okay, here we go. We've got another one. Question number two. So Eric is winning one to nothing. The game is up to three. Belong anywhere. Belong anywhere. Planet Fitness. <laughs> Nailed it. Um. <laughs> you didn't nail it? Gold's Gym? Gold's Gym. Get out of the substandard workout world <laughs> with the Roid Rage guys. Okay, move up. Move up to some travelers. Belong anywhere. The keyword being anywhere. Bonvoy. Marriott. Bonvoy. Keep going. Hilton. Hi. IHG. What? IHG. Nope. Keep going. Belong anywhere. Anywhere. MGM. No, 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 no. Apartments.com. Close. Ooh. Anywhere. Good guess. Belong anywhere. Uh, oh, hold on. Um, He's got it. Yeah, hang on. He's got it. Golf stream. No, close. No, it, it, it's, it's like it's close to apartments.com. Airbnb. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what I was trying to think. Yes. Uh, I knew that. I knew Chris had it, but yeah. he couldn't think of it. <laughs> you did. That's what you were trying to think of, wasn't it? That's exactly right. Yep. Right. Or like VRBO or something like that. One of the, yeah. Right. Yep. That's when I heard that first, that belong anywhere, I was like, VRBO. And I'm like, no, it's Airbnb, but it's, it's the same thing. We're the same concept anyway. Same concept, yeah. Same concept. Definitely not the same thing, but you know what I mean. Okay, yep. so Eric has two. Chris Ooh. has zero. Mark. Our accountants are getting upset. We keep losing all the brandology bucks. We uh, our- Chris, I had team. <laughs> oh, no. You guys, are, these are individual because all of the funds have to be because of the transfer, the exchange rate between Brandology Bucks and the and US the currency, right? Into. And then Bitcoin <laughs> on top of that with, we're cybersecurity guys, so it's gotta be non-traceable. It yeah. all but goes offshore, read, so it's all individual. But I did read um, rule number um, 6.7999 <laughs> where the, the, the one who's in the lead in round two is able to give one of his points to any person that he wants to. Ah, uh, you did read the rule book. Get us on a technicality. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, who invited the lawyers to the to the table? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> who invited the lawyers to the table? All right, you can give you can give a point away. This is a new thing in Brandology podcast. Who do you want to give the point to? I, I I'm going to give a point to Chris. Okay, Chris. Oh, here we go. It is now one right. to one. And that's kind of fair because Chris kind of had it. I knew in his mind he wanted to say Airbnb, but okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the sympathy points. We'll, okay. We'll so it is. Are we still sure Planet Fitness was incorrect? Yes. Son, Planet Fitness was incorrect. As your grandpa told you, <laughs> now Mark is based in Louisville, Kentucky. My territory is Indiana and Kentucky. 
So just <laughs> letting you know that that Indiana Kentucky border life changes right there. Yeah. And so and so son, you can be you can every day you can be the ball or the bat, but you get to choose. Right. This is, this is also the same man that used to look down at me and say, boy, you sure got a lot of quit in you. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, got I didn't know what he meant. I was like five. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's keep going here. Let's keep going. All right. Um, is it in you? Oh, that's a good one. Um, oh, um, Pace Baker. Pace Baker. No. <laughs> no. no, I did. It's not Gatorade. Diet. Yes. Diet Coke. Who said Gatorade? Gatorade, Chris. All right, Chris has got two. Chris has um, got two. Eric's got one. Mark, who knows the answers. Mark, who knows the answers, has zero. So let me explain I just read something. This is the part where we do a little math for Mark. If you had 10,000 times as many points as you have right now, they'd still be beating you. Okay, 10,000 times zero is still zero, man. you got to step up the game. We can't lose everyone. i got accountants quitting on me. Like, they're, like, they're like, we're busy. We're too busy wire transferring brandology bucks out of the studio. We don't get yeah, to keep any of them. This is what happens when you watch Cartoon Network all the time. There's none yeah, of these I'm gonna start, I'm going to start monitoring your browsing history. It's going to have like Konica Minolta all covered, and it's going to have like Cartoon Network up there. <laughs> Planet Fitness logos. Fitness <laughs> <laughs> logos. Dear God. All right, we're almost done here. Um, okay, let's see what else we've got. Oh, there's, a, there's, there's some good ones here. There's some good ones. <sighs> okay. Everywhere you want to be. Marlboro. MX. Nope. Oh, Vista. Who guessed it? Who Visa. guessed Visa? It's Visa. Visa? Chris, got it. We have a winner. We have a winner. Chris, congratulations. Wait, uh, one the second. I will, wait, wait, I will send you the wait. routing number. Wait, 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 uh, rule book, uh, page 12, uh, rule number, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm checking, go ahead, Eric. I'm kidding. Hey everyone, Mark and I are really excited about a special feature we have coming up about the rise and the challenges of this technology transportation company that has literally changed the world. It experienced explosive growth but had constant controversy, making it one of the most fascinating companies to emerge over the past two decades. The firm, which was founded back in 2009, soon grew to become one of the highest valued private startup companies in the world. And yet its leadership, culture, and business practices have all been called into question, and the brand itself has been under seemingly constant attack. Join us as we explore the rise, the challenges of this technology transportation company. We've all used it and the leaders who are now trying to save it today. Join us as we discuss the rise and fall of Uber Technologies.
<laughs> he was gonna take back a point. It's <laughs> gonna be like if if I'm gonna lose from the guy who I gave a point to, I can pull back the point. That's and a fair rule. The game. That's fair. That's not a bad rule, actually. I kind of like that. That's good. All right, that's pretty good, man. That was good. That was fun. That, All that right. Was fun. Okay. All right, let's get back at it, and then uh, it's almost time to be wrapping up anyway. But let, let's 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 get back at it. Let's uh, go into some more uh, some more questions here. So, one question that I I, I want to ask is, you know, what's your view on when you're talking to to clients? Like, what's your view on culture? Like, or what's your impression of culture of different clients? I can tell you our view on culture. I don't know that we've ever expressed it to clients specifically. Because okay. um, maybe it's not your place to mention it to clients, right? Given Correct. engagement, perhaps. Yeah. Right. So our, our, our interpretation of culture is um, a place where you can go, obviously feel comfortable, feel safe, but um, it's a place where uh, you check your egos at the door, um, you check your title at the door, um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, um, someone who is in charge of a brand has come to us and they have a challenge and they are not sure how to solve it. And the last thing that we want is any sort of, you know, egotistical baggage to get in the way of us trying to solve uh, that challenge for this particular person. Um, and, you know, as far as culture goes, um, we always tell whoever we're working with that, you know, this this challenge that we're trying to solve, this is a journey. This is our journey with this particular client. We need to treat it as such. Um, this isn't, you know, us versus them. This isn't them versus us. Or, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll think about this and get back to you in six months. That's not mm -hmm. how we work. That's not how our culture works. It's, um, I like to consider it, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, creative chaos, controlled chaos, controlled chaos, hurting cats. <laughs> but also, culture is kind of born from brand as well. You know, if you're it, if you're going to have a brand and you're going to put it out there, you have to live it internally as well. Right. Right. The two are intertwined. Right. I mean, they, all, they have to. Otherwise, it just comes off as fake. It's got to be. You've got to have that connection. That's exactly right. And one, one thing that we do see, especially when we have a company that we might rebrand versus, you know, branding from the from the start, is we know right away there's going to be some drop off because some people just are not going to buy in. And if they're not buying into what the company's brand is, they're probably not going to be good for the company. It's not going to be good for them nor the company, right? So um, so that, that does, the brand obviously affects culture and stuff. And we we can try and help drive what that culture might be through the brand. But, you know, to Eric's point, you know, it's not really our place to come in and tell somebody how to change an internal. Yeah, yeah. That's something they have to own. Yeah. So let me ask you with, as we kind of wrap things up, um, what's the future look like? What's the vision, the long vision? What, what are you guys looking forward to? What's, what's got you uh, motivated for what's next? So uh, one of the thing, one of the trends that we're noticing or that we've noticed is, um, <clears throat> and this has happened uh, in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, where um, everybody wanted a an agency who specialized in something, 
everybody needed that agency that specialized in SEO or the agency that specialized in you know social whatever that might be um, and then that that will pivot to um, the integrated agency the agency that can do everything um, and then that pivots again to something that's specialized um, what we're hoping to see is that it doesn't matter the trend, whether they're searching for something that's a tactic that's specializing in SEO or social or something that's more integrated. At the end of the day, the foundation is the brand. Whether or not you're searching for a tactic, whether or not you're searching for a full service agency, it begins with the brand. Mm -hmm. And our hope is that we can um, educate and even illustrate our, on our end how we can do that and how important that is. That's excellent. That's yeah. excellent. So here's a question that our listeners always love, and we like to ask it of each one of you. So let me ask it of Eric, since I've known you for years. What did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a kid, what did you <laughs> want to be when you grew up? So I remember uh, when I, so I used to live in Parma, and I remember That's I was Parma, in, Ohio. Yeah, Arma, Outside of uh, Cleveland? Of course, Ohio. Yeah. I live yeah. off Perogies. Yes. Yes. Um, I was probably four years old, and I remember I was at home, and I was drawing. I'll never forget this. I drew a tugboat, and it, I, it was red. I used red crayon. Um, it was very descriptive in my mind. And I'll never forget, my mom came home from work, and she was like, it looked like, looked like shit, I'm sure. I'm sure you could tell. <laughs> But she, was but she like, loved oh it. I'm sure. That is so wonderful. And she hung it on the fridge. Oh. And at that point, I was like, "Wow, oh, this is this is something that I could get used to." People appreciating, you know, my my thought process or what I'm able to bring to the table. Obviously, I wasn't thinking about a thought process when I was four years old. But the right. fact that I thought I you was were going to say I wanted to be like a tugboat guy. <laughs> I should have. No, that's cool though. That's really yeah. cool. So it no, was, see, that's it was there awesome. from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you've been creative from the beginning. You love that like presentation, like I created this and then people appreciated it. Whether yeah, they so clapped, whether they cheered, whether like whatever it is, right? But that's was, it's that. I was able yeah, I was able to provide something to somebody that put a smile on their face. That to yeah. me was the biggest. That just yeah. got me in the, you know, in the feels. And then when I was in high school, early college, um, I was designing college courses and I created what was called a concept. And I'll never forget the feeling I had when I created that concept because to me that was like illustration, design, and idea all into one. And it all made sense to me. And so I went from somebody who was an illustrator to somebody who was uh, you know, who, who, who understood how important the idea and the brand was. So to answer your question, I always wanted to do something creative. I didn't know what that was at four. I figured it would be drawing, but that's what I've always wanted to do. That's cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. Chris, how about you? I want to hear. I wanted to be an architect. So, okay, excellent. Yeah, um, and I, I don't know. I mean, you know, may, maybe it was, um, you know, watching the Brady Bunch and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, if that doesn't motivate you to be an architect, nothing will. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, just you know, I believe the dad was an architect in that. Yeah, he was. 
I don't know. I, I always would do, you know, play with Legos and, and, you know, just, just like make stuff. I used to, to draw different things on graph paper all the time and stuff. And so that kind of, kind of fed my love. And actually I started college, uh, architectural engineering. Oh, wow. And then I wow. took a COM 101 class my sophomore year, second semester. Like I put it off as long as I could. And we had to do an advertising campaign. Um, this is one of the projects in there. And I immediately went and switched my major to advertising. Wow, that's pretty uh, cool. interesting. Yeah, I, f- I fell in love with it. So, Did you ever read, what was that book? Was it Ayn Rand, Ayn, Ayn Rand her book, uh, The Fountainhead, about the architect? I have not. Peter Keating and those guys. Okay. I mean, I guess I'm sure it's more political and everything else, but I'm just saying, like, there was a whole thing about, like, there was like a really wealthy architect who really wasn't that good. But then there was this other architect who struggled financially, but was brilliant. And like how he had really built things. It was an excellent book back in the day. I remember. Yeah. So, hey guys, thank you so much for joining us. This was yeah, excellent. Yeah. It was nice to, uh, nice to be around others that understand brand branding, the impact of brand and culture. So yeah, I would encourage all the listeners to go, uh, to go check to out website. test pilot. Check yeah, out, test it's testpilot.com. Testpilotcreative.com. Excellent. Yeah. So As check it out. There'll be a link in our story on our website, um, and we will definitely promote it. We love you guys. Always welcome back. And I'm sure we'll have questions on brands as things go on over time, and we will stay in touch. This won't be our last conversation. Nope. Yeah, good to see you, Dave. Don't be All a right. stranger. Love to Won't catch be up. a stranger. And I'll be back in Ohio right. soon, I'm sure. I will All come right. visit. All right. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Nice to meet you. Talk to you. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, Unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, Thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. 